Well, let's move to your number three. This is when we became real friends. I believe like we said, totally. we had played once before, maybe a show or two, but this is the, the Rocket Summer. This is the one-man band from Dallas, I think, area, Texas. Dallas, yeah. Yeah. And this is the, Bryce this is the tour that I... Good old Bryce. And this is the tour that I, that I went out and I really... And I really tried to make it happen for our band. So I, hmm. I remember, I remember they were playing a show. I really wanted to go on tour with Rocket Summer. Just thought it would be a good, a good fit. And they were playing a show in Syracuse, which is about two hours from Buffalo, with Motion City soundtrack. And which is funny about that because once in a while, even though his hair was crazier, and I definitely went through a kind of a bad hair phase in um, 04, 05, I would sometimes get confused actually. Yeah. With, if Justin you've got the right Motion glasses on, I could see it. Yeah. Oh, totally. And and especially being at his show. Yeah. So I remember I went to that show and a few people did come up to me and say, hi, Justin. And I said, you know, hi, how are you? <laughs> but I was there specifically to talk to Bryce, who I'd met, I think, very briefly before about, you know, hey, would you ever, you know, would you take our band on tour? And we yeah, and dude. honestly, it was one of those weird things that were like, we, we talked about it. We stayed in touch and and it turned out to be the 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 destiny of us going on tour with not only them, but, but you guys too. So I remember yeah. that Syracuse show really kind of set us up to, to potentially go out with them. That's awesome. I was, yeah. I was on to the rocket summer, the first record calendar days. I had that record and had become a pretty big fan by the time uh, hello. Good friend came out, which is the one that he was promoting when we toured with him, I believe the second record. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think you've got a, you got a track from that record that maybe we can play and then keep talking. So, yeah. So let's do, let's do that. Cause that's definitely the era that we were touring with them. Yeah. Okay. So here's around the clock from hello. Good friend. April, May, June and July will hang outside. August, February all the time. Talking our way through March. My gosh, you just brought what? me back to that tour, Jeff. Do you believe that? And and honestly, I can't think of someone whose personality is so well represented by their music as as Bryce. Do you know what I mean? Like that that dude I, was no, just I actually like, I don't think so. I my experience no? of him, we're not we're not close, but but we're friendly. I, I saw him most recently a few years ago in LA at a we went to the uh, same we went to the movie theater at the same time to see different films. And just happened to run into each other. But I don't know. I, I actually see him as a more kind of subdued, introverted, very close with his wife, Tara, who, you know, became sort of like tour yeah. mom and was... She was part of it, yeah. She was awesome and and so I, important to... <laughs> yeah. Oh, she totally was. I think I just yeah. mean like, 
the way that he was, no, I, I totally agree with you. Like he definitely had that more melancholy. And I think it's because he brought so much energy to his well, that's true. stage. It, it's definitely stage his persona. true self. Uh, I mean, that's definitely a real part of him. It's not, I don't mean to say it's any kind of an act. I, he is. Yeah. I mean, he leaves it out there for sure. But if you, but if you think about it, there's, there's songs like that. And then there's kind of songs like, uh, you know, this is going to take me a second to, to find it. And I think this is what I mean is like, he, he had this, this really nice widespread sort of balance between a song like that. And then a song, you know, from that, the album that he did before that, which I think he recorded with Ed Rose, you know, calendar days. Yeah. She's my baby or that's so you. And some of these songs that definitely had a little bit more of that softer side of him. You know what I mean? Let's hear a little bit of that. Let's hear something from that's so you let's get a clip. Yesterday was a terrible day But now that you're here, I'm okay Cause you don't know how much I, I need you Please don't go You're so The thing about Bryce is it's not for everyone. Mm -hmm. And I think that those softer yeah. songs where it's really just, his, he has a very unique voice. He's got a ton mm -hmm. of affectation. It's a fairly high pitched voice. It's the kind of thing that if it's not for you, there's probably not much he can do as a songwriter. And he is a very good songwriter, but it's also the kind of thing that if it is for you, it like really is for you. And it's, it's like, meeting more of your dopamine receptors than almost any other band could. Cause it's like right mm -hmm. down your alley kind of a thing. And his fans are quite, quite serious fans. And that's what I was just going to say. I think that's why he has such a loyal fan base. And he just put out an album, what a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And I think that's what I mean. There's kind of like that. So you Bryce, and then there's around the clock Bryce. Yeah. And he kind of brought all of that to his, to his show and to what the rocket summer is. So because I love the band, I am choosing a second. Song. And I, actually, this is probably the only band I'll do that for is no, uh, the rocket summer. I will let you choose your own for your remaining two bands, but I really yeah. want to hear so much love. And in part, mm -hmm. that's because I have a story. I have a self-deprecating story to tell. So my friend, Lindsay Stranigan, who has been on this podcast, she was my guest for the Jesus music, Jesus movement music episodes. And okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, coming back, I believe, later on for a post-hardcore draft episode uh, with Whoa. Mason and Cullen from the Black Sheep podcast. That's to come. Anyway, we're, we're scheduling it now. Anyway, Lindsay and I were, were friends back in these, these days because she worked at the Militia Group, which was the Rocket Summers label. And mm -hmm. then I think this record that we're about to talk about, uh, we, he went to a major label, but she was still, you know, she knew him and, and had worked the previous record or two. And... She was like, so much love is such a great song. And I would like my, my ego was injured. It's so embarrassing. And I was like, really like, you think it's a better song than middle of the night? The Sherwood song. I actually said this to her. <laughs> I don't know if I a little it. part of me was joking. We were pretty good friends. So I could speak quite freely around her. And yeah, she was yeah. like, and she laughed. She was like, yes, I absolutely think it's better yeah. than middle of the night. She's like, that's a good song, but <laughs> this is a great song. And she was totally right. And it is a great song. And I want to hear, I just have to play it for people. 
It's so great. Let's do it. I mean, come on. Come I mean, on. I, I hate to, I hate to agree with her, but yeah, it's probably it's probably a better song. It's a way better um, song. The, the the song I was going to choose is from the same album, so I feel yeah. like we still got we got that era, and that's a, that. that is a jam. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, that was such a such a fun tour, such a meaningful tour. Yeah. To us, I also remember Bryce got you know was got really close with with our band and uh, with Justin, who I mentioned before, our merch guy, and yeah, yeah, really really good and. um such he had such loyal fans he would move around the stage right to all the different instruments he would you know he i think he would spend time on every yep. on every instrument yep. d- during a set it's probably where taylor swift got the idea yeah definitely we got we got to also mention at least seth and tommy and the rest of his yep. band of course we mentioned tara earlier who was just such a sweetheart uh yeah really good memories of that tour and mm-hmm. just he just put out a lot of good music so that's that's rocket summer Okay, my number three, Florida Zone, Copeland. Mm. Why don't you? Why don't you start? Tell me about Copeland, Jeff. Were they an important band to you? Because they were a very important band to me. Oh, oh, yes, extremely important. I remember when I when I heard the the album uh, Beneath Medicine Tree. Yep, the debut. And I remember where I I remember where I bought the actual CD in in Buffalo at this at this record store ne- right next to Spot Coffee and in Buffalo. And I just remember being like, Oh, so like, I don't have to be a pop punk band forever. Yeah. Um, I had, I had moments like that with Copeland and also with, with on a very, very much larger scale, but like with death cap at, at the best moments for this day and age, we would be compared to Copeland. Um, you know, especially towards bell, you know, bell and the hammer era, era, you know, we would often, we would often get that that comparison, which was a huge compliment. And we, we also have a little connection. We, we played a, a show or two here, you know, here and there with them, never toured with them, but our, but our connection with them is when our album always leave the ground was being released in Japan or got picked up by a Japanese record label. They wanted two exclusive tracks for, for that release. And we yeah. went down to Lakeland and recorded them with Aaron. Oh, cool. So at Aaron's studio, we did, a really old this day and age song that never got recorded and then a, co- a cover song i believe or like a no a hymn we did be thou my vision we put be thou my vision on a japanese <laughs> always leave the ground album is that what? real we, were we were, were we witnessing to the masses you were witness you were trying to convert the heathen nations jeff you were oh a portuguese God. catholic priest you were in the book silence you believe that Wow. Wow. We really very substantial moment that I kind of forgot about. But anyway, <laughs> that was our probably our closest, you know, where we actually got yeah. to spend time with Aaron. We were down in that studio yeah. for a few days. So yeah. Very important band to us for sure. Yeah, we did one of their last tours before their hiatus. It was just a dream come true. It was kind of toward the end of our touring career. Probably it was it might have been 2010. Just for me, just like a huge honor. I first heard the song priceless from that first record on like a $5 militia group sampler. 
And mm-hmm. so I want to play a track from Beneath Medicine Tree. This is uh, When Paula Sparks. Oh, my. Yeah. Yeah, man. Wow, 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 wow. So then they were kind of darlings. And actually, here's another story. They were opening up for May and doing a U.S. tour. This is probably 2004. And we had just released our EP, our self-titled EP. And we were we would do a thing where we would sometimes drive from San Luis Obispo down to L.A. or, or Orange County and hand out two song samplers with a Sherwood pin on them. And like, it was a way to like, if it was the right kind of show, we were trying to build up. We worked so fucking hard, Jeff. I cannot believe how hard I worked when I was 20 years old. Yep. Same. So we, we went down to that show at chain reaction in Anaheim, California, Mm -hmm. and we handed out all these CDs. We gave them to the Copeland guys who told us later that they remembered it and they played it in the van and stuff. Like, I don't know how much they played it, but they remember they liked it enough. Yeah. We toured with them, you know, like five years later um, when they were kind of, yeah, nearing the end of their initial thing. And and us too, actually, we didn't know it yet, but their second record in motion is when uh, it went to the next level, I think. Mm -hmm. And they showed that they were capable musically and arrangement wise of just three to four times what the rest of us were capable of in broadly speaking, this emo scene. So this is the opening track, which blew my mind at the time. No one really wins. Wow. I remember Aaron came to one of our shows at the social in Orlando. Yeah. And I remember it was right around, like right after we recorded with him. So, you know, he was kind of coming there to like sort of support us. Yeah. And uh, I just remember that, like looking out, uh, there's like moments where I remember looking out and seeing certain people in my, you know, this day and age era Yes. Yeah. touring. And, and that was one of those moments where I looked out and I was like, Oh, wow. That was, yeah. that was a cool moment for us. And he, yeah. and actually speaking of that album, when we recorded with him, he showed us a few songs on that album before it was they were released. So we got a little sneak peek. We are fully nerding out here, geeking out on... Is it, too, is it too much? I mean, 
I am like in contact with a couple people <laughs> from this band loosely. And yeah, I mean, yes, it's fine. Uh, I mean, uh, my friend Jordan played drums with them years later, um, sort of when they came back and he was their drummer for a while. Uh, just love them. Okay, one more song. When you thought you'd never stand out from Eat, Sleep, Repeat, a different gear. And I'm going to play a, a bit from kind of the end when all the layers are, are in together. And it just when they're at their best, they are just capable of so much and so much more than most of our bands were capable of. So I'm going to, I'm going to do it a little bit different. I, I love that ending section, but it, I just was reminded that just the second verse when he's playing baseball, I need to hear, mm -hmm. I need to hear that verse. Okay. We can't we, only we hear, hear the end. Part. Okay. So let me find that. Other people really like the kind of last three-ish records or whatever, where it's gotten a little less poppy and kind of more, um, I guess, a little bit artier, for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. Sure. And I, that has not worked as much for me. In Motion is definitely my favorite record, where yeah. there's a lot of pop rock and kind of different flavors and everything is very hooky. Um, but yeah. still, just there are still some songs on those later records that I really love and uh, just so glad that that they exist. I'm just so glad that Copeland exists, man. Really, really good. And I, I'd say You Are My Sunshine is probably my favorite album. Okay. By them, yeah. So we have a different, an, an, yeah. another couple of years later. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. The other, the other ones are all almost probably almost a little too influential on me in some ways. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, as, dude, as, uh, as, totally. As, yes. As, as I, as I think about my um, songwriting leanings at the time, you know, as we yeah. got into 2006 and stuff. Yeah. Um, but so, so good. Okay, let's go to your number two, May. Where's May from? They're from like uh, DC. They're from they Virginia from? Beach. Or Virginia Beach. Like, okay. No, like Virginia Beach area. Yep. Okay. And this was one of those times when our booking agent called us in let's let's say late 2004. I think Always Leave the Ground had come out sort of you know sort of recently, and she said, "How would you guys like to go on on a few shows with May?" And I think I just like kind of like lost my mind. I didn't yeah. say anything because I was just so yeah. stunned. I remember it was like the first big band or big part of a tour that we, that we were part of. And it just absolutely floored me. I remember, I think our first show yeah. was in Little Rock, Arkansas, just standing there. I was like watching them sound check. And I was like, how am I here right now? Yeah. Not only were they good guys and so cool to us for being, you know, a smaller band as they were very quickly ascending just watching them sound check and those few shows we got to play with them were a huge treat to me. Well, let's start with a track here. 
this is anything from the Everglow, which is their their biggest record and certainly the my favorite of their records. Although I never, as we'll talk about, I never was a huge May fan. But in listening to these tracks that you sent over, I was like, man, I think I was discounting it. These are great. So here's these are these, this is a jam. Yeah, here's anything. It's the wave I ride It won't ever reach the shore Overwhelmed by the tide And wanting nothing more Tonight Than to take this time And make it all mine It's coming around again What a chorus hook. That's a great chorus. Such a good chorus. And I sort of like one of the your stories from a little bit earlier. I, I remember discovering May on a tooth and nail sampler yep. with that uh in Embers one, in, and in an album that I bought. Ember and yeah. I think it was in a Further Seems Forever album that oh, the wow. um, like a double C D. Totally that the sampler came with and Embers and Envelopes was in there and I and I was immediately hooked and that's and fast forward two years later i was like how am i listening to them sound check yeah that's cool man i was trying to think what band was that for us and it was probably reliant k that was yeah even though but but it was a little different because i was i knew reliant k and i liked a few songs but it was getting to know them a little bit that had me reapproach, approach mm-hmm, which had already been out for a year or two and then mm-hmm. so around that time, we we figured, okay, we're probably going to get to tour with them. And so it was a little different, but it was like, it felt like the big leagues, you know? Yeah. Um, and actually May was the main support on that tour. We did, we did like 70 plus dates with Reliant K and May. And yeah. I just for some, we had a little bit of personal conflict, okay. which I'm pretty sure was mostly my fault because I know what I was like in my mid twenties. And so I don't know. I I feel probably like I was I was being childish, and that's not their fault. But I actually I got to hang out with Zach and Dave at a Bad Christian conference in Dallas, like maybe three or four years ago, maybe three years ago. Oh, cool! And and yeah. really had a had a really nice time with them, kind of reconnecting. And they're both just really cool yeah. dudes. Uh, and they are nice guys. And it's been fun to to sort of reapproach the the songs. Yeah, yeah. I I had a actually a post this day and age and i don't with uh post this day and age experience where i almost started a little side project with dave and yeah. a, a singer a singer of a band in my honorable mentions um we can maybe Which we'll, we'll get, get to them later, later but yeah. where we had a lot of back and forth i even had a whole dropbox folder of ideas that us three yeah. were sending to each other it never it never turned into anything but it's so funny because a couple of the songs that dave sent ended up being on a may album like a little bit later and i oh, was cool. like cool Wow. That, so that was a, that was another cool little experience uh, yeah. with May, but um, yeah, let's hear this other song suspension from that same album. Such a good, such another, such an awesome song. I don't need to know right now. All I know is I believe in the very thing that got us here. And now I can't leave. Yeah. 
good song, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, just a like you said, I think the big leagues was the was a really interesting way that you put it. That was the few times we played with that, you know, them on that little run, and then we did another little run with them later, which I actually think had a had a couple waking Ashland dates, uh waking mm. Ashland um spots with them as well. I just remember feeling like uh, we were in another little little stratosphere for for a couple minutes. Um yeah. But but always uh but like I said, oh they were always so kind. Really loved this album, the Everglow quite a bit and um yeah, good memory. Here's a, here's a psychological question coming to mind that I, I don't, I'm not going to be able to answer it. I'm curious if you have any thoughts, but now that I'm a therapist, I'm thinking about that moment that we each experienced in our early twenties, where the thing that we had been, I think safe to say, probably most interested in our entire lives, starting with adolescence, which was like rock music. That was certainly my number one interest from 14 years onward. Okay, we like getting signed was a big deal, or maybe making your first record, it's a big deal. But then to it's something about the stamp of approval. This band, who is a totally bona fide item in this world, has been willing mm -hmm. to attach their name to ours in a significant yeah. way. And we actually get to meet them and get to know them and share a stage with them. That is different. It's a little bit akin to like, oh, they made you know, they made Nevermind at this studio or whatever, like that kind of thing where you're using the same studio. There's a little bit of that, but there's not the personal connection. And so to be taken on tour by an artist you look up to in, in the area that you've given the most of your energy for 10 years of your life, fucking A, what a moment that is. I think we could do a whole episode on how this has impact, you know, impacted our yeah. lives and the way we approach. You could probably just look at my resume and figure out why I've been jumping from job to job over the past several years because the thing that I wanted to happen happened, mm. and you know, maybe not to the maybe not wow. to like the fullest extent yeah, that sure. it could have. You know what I mean? But, but it was your full time job for a handful of years. Correct, and it, you know, and I do have some you know regrets about you know when it ended, how it ended, especially yeah. you know not give not giving Bell and the Hammer its its full due as far as timing and touring and all that stuff. But you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. But that's that's something that I feel like in some ways I'm always chasing or hmm. or ha already had in the in the back of you know my rearview mirror like this thing happened and it's really sort of impacted. Uh, I don't know, impacted me in in ways that I'm, I'm still finding out uh, as we get into the early 40s here. Not just an episode. There's a book in that. I mean, there's, there's, a, book. there's a book in there about, and maybe it's something I could write when I have more experience and have done more research and whatnot, but there is a book there about that mm -hmm. period of life and, and, you know, maybe taking Erickson's life stages or something like that and applying it to this particular life that we lived at that time of our developmental trajectory. And I mean, you, you could probably write 500 pages on what that does. So I'll just, I'm going to log that for later. If anybody has any ideas, email me about it. <laughs> no, it's an amazing thought experiment when the thing that your dream happens to you at such a, at such a young age. Yeah. And, and what, and how are you supposed to, you know, follow that up at other stages in your life or continue, you know, seeing your life as like, as you step into a more ordinary life at, at later stages yeah. and how you're and how you accept that. Right. And, and accept the beauty in the ordinary, but at the same time being like, but my life used to be so quote, yeah. you know, so special in quotes, a lot there, Dan, there's a lot there. 
the one domain I'll mention that has been clear to me for a while of a, sort of a consequence of that, because we were either on tour or living together, writing a record or in the studio, recording a record for 11 months out of the year for like six years straight. What I got used to is like every night is a kind of a party. And that's something mm -hmm. I realized immediately upon, you know, getting an apartment with my new wife and, and not being on tour all the time. Um, but like, but we're going to make a cocktail and watch Mad Men, right? Because every night's a party yeah. and there are still some habits there that I struggle with uh, breaking around like, you know, I don't, I don't need to maximize my enjoyment of every evening, you know, like, but I really, I learned that at a formative age and it has been it has frankly been harder than I would have probably thought. Not that I put any thought into it when I was 26, but harder to break than I would have thought it would be. Uh, that kind of expectation of what the last four hours of a day are supposed to feel like. Because that's every day, you know? Yep. And every and every night in one way or another sort of being like an adventure. Like, are yeah. we going to stay in town or are we going to head to the next city? Yeah. Are we going to, are we, is someone going to ask us to, can we stay, you know, stay in someone's house uh, here locally? Are we going to get a hotel? Are we going to go, you know, yeah. and, and sort of always carrying that like sense of what's next. And that's another thing I've sort of had to deal with in my life is like, I'm always kind of looking ahead to the next thing. Yeah. And I, and I think some of that came from like every night was an adventure for several years. Um, yeah, there's a lot here, Dan. We might have to do oh a follow-up. There might need to be episode. <laughs> I'll start. I'll start. I'll start noting things down when I think of them, and maybe that will need to be its own episode. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. it's a lot of fun, but it's super interesting to think about how it's impacted us as full blown adults with you know wives and children and yeah you know all that stuff. Yeah. All right, moving on to nine. My number two. We just talked about them. It's Reliant K. Uh, I think Akron, Ohio is where they're initially from. All Ohio boys uh, started out as a Christian pop punk band and, you know, stayed pop punk to some degree throughout. But by now, by their last album, Air for Free, which is fantastic, I would just say they're a pop rock band and there's very little punk left except for the excellent opening track, Bummin'. Um, but man, I like so many of their records and songs. They are some of my best band guy friends to this day. Like everybody in Reliant K, both Matt's, Dave, John Warren, John Schneck, and Ethan, who filled in for Dave on drums for a while. Uh, they are all friends of mine to this day. I'm in touch with all of them. Mm -hmm. And they're, they might be the only band, actually, that that's true of, of, of that. They might be the only band. And that's so cool. Let's start. Let's start. So when we when we went on tour with them, they were promoting Five Score and Seven Years Ago. That was just coming out on Capitol. And they had, at that point, almost had or just gotten a gold record uh, from their previous record, mm -hmm, which was their crossover success with Be My Escape and all of that. Um, but I'm going to play a little bit of track one, the one I'm waiting for. This is from Mm-hmm which I believe is 2005.
good song really good yeah we had we never toured with them but i feel like we played a, a handful of one-off shows with them you know we we would get to open for them in buffalo or you know show a couple couple shows here and there and and actually one of the things i can picture is i i got to know matt hoops a a, a little bit guitarist right yep yep yeah and one of the times i can picture uh someone watching us that i was kind of like someone's watching us is matt hoops at one at maybe bamboozle because mm-hmm. i had gotten to know him a little bit before that and he and he stopped by our our um our show so yeah they were one of those bands that we kind of had little touch points with and a band that i always always looked up to too I mean, Hoops, who now is sort of independently super successful with his 1981 Inventions uh, guitar yeah. pedal company, um, mm-hmm. has especially been generous to me over the last 15 years, like constantly putting me up in Nashville. I was out there a lot for various reasons for a handful of years, like lending me his car, just fully opening wow. up his home and life to me. Uh, just just one of the most generous people I know. Um, let, let's play a little bit more. So this is from, uh, two records later, forget and not slow down, which is, this is the title track. This is probably my favorite Reliant K record. It's still got that pop punk stuff going on. Uh, but he's, but Tyson's really branching out and something about it. It's probably not the best sounding, but it's, I don't know. It's, it's got a special place. So this is, this is the title track. So they leave me alone. Did you did you listen to that record much? Not much. Um, I remember I had a couple of friends who who recommended that to me in in more recent years. And I listened to a few songs, and I thought it was so good. I think he had such good lyrics too. Like I'm kind of a yeah. I'm kind of a lyric guy. Yeah. And um, I just I, that that's what stood out to me on that on that album in particular when I when I kind of listened to it. And I do need to give it more time. Um, just really really good melodies and lyrics. Like there's a good example on that record of him kind of pushing further sonically. And it's, it's a track called Savannah and it's got like tons of basically orchestral arrangement stuff, elements, whatever in it. And it also still really works. Let's hear a little bit of that track. Savannah, I hope to be there by the morning and see this pine and I'll transform. Anyway, you get the idea. Just that's really cool. I've never heard that song. He also has a really great solo record uh, called Wind Up Bird. Matthew Thiessen and the Earthquakes, I think, is what it's under. Um, We toured with them twice. That 07 yeah. really long one I talked about. And then in 2010, our final tour, opening up acoustic on a Christmas-themed semi-acoustic tour. And uh, Deus Vale was also on that tour, who I think is going to be mm. in your honorable mentions. But yeah. dude, I mean, they're like, they just keep putting out rad stuff. So Air for Free 2016, seven years ago, their last full length. Uh, but yeah, listen- I like, I like this album a lot. It's so rad. Listen, I mean, back to rock. Listen to this opening track, Bummin'. 
got it really really good yeah i remember there was a couple moments on that album where i was like oh like kind of like vampire weekend ish you know um yeah not so much that song not but that track i yeah. thought that was that was such a cool album and honestly i probably listened to that one more than i did you know most of their most of their other stuff uh, yeah it's fantastic so uh, i believe they're working on a new one i really hope that's true are they okay i, cool. I think so but you never know they're they're uh <laughs> famously cagey about future plans or I don't know. It's not a big deal. It's, it's just a thing that yeah. I, I, uh, let's just say I have no influence, but I have personally requested that they do another record because I want to hear it. <laughs> I want to hear it so bad. Okay. So that's Gotta my number two. So yeah, your really number one, Jeff, tell us about your number one band you toured with. So my number one band that I toured with, I picked, I picked the spill canvas for a couple of reasons. So we were label mates with them. So we were on one eleven records with them. And what I would consider to be our first tour ever, of course, we did a couple little regional out of town shows here and there before this, but our first tour before a booking agent that we worked on and put together basically with the members of Spill Canvas and with the help of our record label a little bit yeah. um, was with these guys. So I think that's why I put them first, because this was my introduction to touring and yeah. um it got close to got close to Nick uh, over the years, and their former drum, drummer Joe, and uh, their former bassist Scott, and um, and honestly, they're they're just a like along with Sherwood, along with Waking Ashland, along with Punchline and Rocket Summer, they're probably the first band that comes to my mind when I think of uh, like our substantial touring days and and basically how it started. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's let's hear one of their songs, and th and these are from. Um, their second album, both the songs are from their second album, which I would like to say we, I think we inspired Nick to go record with Ed Rose at the Get Up Kids studio nice. where they recorded this album because we were, that's where we recorded Always Leave the Ground and Nick um, really liked how, how that turned out. So they went and recorded out in Kansas uh, for, for this album. Cool. This is Staple Gunned by The Spill Canvas. It was in the lobby when I set my sights on you. But I was too scared to It was in the morning when I meet a man I want you staple cut right to my side all of the time Whoa. Do I have to spell it out for you? A 
nice, dude. They were the band, one of the bands that we got compared to the most. And like, if really? you were to go on, if you go on Spotify right now, like they're one of the top related artists on our profile. Really? And and yet did I ever, never. Did you ever play with them? I don't think so. Maybe a festival or something. I know I met Nick okay. once or twice. Yeah. And maybe yeah. had his phone number at one point, but we we weren't close. And I never really listened to their music that much. It was one of those just weird blind yeah. spots. Um, but yeah, they would come up like fans would mention them a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, they were just a big part of our band's history for, for a variety of reasons. And, um, yeah, I, you know, for the next song, I, I had this, you know, the one that is on the list, Natalie Marie and one CC, or yeah. I was also going to pick polygraph right now from the same album, but it's like maybe their most popular song from that album. Well, if you want to do that one instead, let's do that. Let's do polygraph right now. So here's another track from, uh, the spill canvases. One fell swoop record, 05. I bleed confidence from deep within my guts now. I'm the king of this pity party with my jewel encrusted crew. I wanna tear apart your room to see if what you say is true. Darling, don't you lie, lie to me. dude i think i get it there's a there's like a minor key side of sherwood that gets kind of dancey and like a little bit sassy sometimes it's like songs like middle of the night or give up and and i see a real kind of you know affinity there yeah and and the first few you know first few times i think we played with nick he was actually just started as a solo artist right like his album Mm. his first album i think it's called all hail the heartbreaker um was just him and then with one fell swoop, he kind of introduced the the full band. The band, yeah. Um, yeah, but no, just a lot of significant memories with those guys, label mates, and you know, had you know they they hosted us a number of times. I think in South Dakota, which is where they're from, and um, yeah, just just a lot of a lot of good memories. So sweet, nice job, yeah. Spill Canvas. All right, we are to my number one, and that Woo-hoo. is Minneapolis's own Motion City soundtrack. Uh, we toured with them right after Reliant K in 2007. It was an underplay tour. So they were playing smaller venues than they could have played and selling all of them out easily. And I think that let them bring a band like us on who was, wasn't worth very many tickets. It didn't matter. <laughs> and uh, I think we were maybe even main support for that, which which would only happen on an underplay because they were just, it was all going to sell out. And man, uh, a number of the guys in this band are friends of mine, maybe even good friends of mine, and still in a lot of touch, I go and see them every time they come, hang out every time. And, but, but mainly I'll just say they just of all the bands in the broadly speaking scene of which we were a part, I realized many years ago that they were my number one favorite. And it's, it's, Mm. I don't know, like Reliant K is not that far behind, but like it's, it's Motion City. I just think that they are like, supremely underrated and they I've had quite a career. I just, I think that they're that Mm. good. And uh, I don't know. I just, let's start with a clip and then we'll get your thoughts. So here's everything is all right from commit this to memory, their second record. Street. 
Whoa. Yeah, such a good song. I haven't listened to Motion City soundtrack in a while. I remember, what was their album before this one called? Uh, I Am The Movie. That was Ed Rose. Yeah. yeah. Totally, yep. A lot of Ed Rose crossover. Yeah. Um, but I remember I was I, I got really into that album once in a while, got compared, it got uh, confused for Justin, yeah. and just thought they were such an awesome band um, that I honestly, I, I probably... I probably should have continued listening to them because I enjoyed those that first album or two so much. And then just kind of just fell off my radar a little bit. They are incredible. So I'm going to play something from when we were on tour with them. They were promoting the record, Even If It Kills Me, which came out that year. And the singles, you know, they were really trying for radio and it didn't really, it didn't really happen. But there are some great, great songs on this such that it is really hard for me to pick one. But I'm going to play a little bit of Point of Extinction. This is a deeper cut, track 11. But I just, this this, this whole record is so sweet. I'm going to cut it short so I can play more songs by them. (laughs) (laughs) Really good. So one more clip here. This is the next record, My Dinosaur Life. And this song, Her Words Destroyed My Planet, is just, I mean, this is just an all-time chorus for me. Got a job at a common ground. I finally shaved off that beard. Sold my Xbox to Jimmy down the street. Hell, I even quit smoking weed. I'm taking an online course. I'm learning to speak Japanese. If we only stay together, I might not have fallen apart. But the words you said destroyed my planet. I stole before I stole. I stole before I stole. Anything and all things that used to mean so much to me. Never, never heard that song before. Wow, dude, it's so great. Yeah, like I, I'm not, yeah. fam- I'm not familiar with their later, with their later stuff. It, every record is good. You know, there's a little bit of diminishing returns. The last two records, in terms of how many great songs, but there are great songs on every record. Um, mm. You know, they're they kind of broke onto the scene with the future freaks me out. You know, I'm on fire, and, oh, yeah, and yeah. I don't know. There's just there's so many great ones they start all their most of their albums with like a really short track one which is just such a such a cool such a cool thing to do um it's hard to know what to say about them they're just one of my favorite bands of all time and i'm so stoked you got to tour yeah that's so cool man yeah they're a really good band so we have five minutes to talk about our honorable mentions here before we have to cut off so we're not going to get to play much maybe we can each pick uh a track but first why don't we just say what they are so i'll say mine my honorable yeah, mentions are Tyson Motzenbacher, Tooth and Nail, kind of indie rock singer-songwriter, Say Anything, The Rocket Summer, who we talked about, All Time Low, when they, they were first of four on an Amber Pacific tour that we were on, like early on in our career. Uh, so we, we, we did like the, 
East Coast. I, I think we like shared that tour with you guys, but like we started or yeah. stopped when you guys started or stopped. That would be about right. I, yeah. I can, I can picture the little tour pass yeah. that said like Amber Pacific, all time low. And then like this day and age slash Sherwood. That's funny. So yeah. I was going to, I was going to say the biggest band. But yeah. Keep going. Keep going with your list. Oh, yeah. We'll come back. And then, and then the, the matches. Um, Oakland okay, kind of punk cool. band. I, maybe uh, if I can, I'm going to just play one and we'll see if I have time for two. So I'm, I'm going to choose to play say anything because mm. the, for, just for the lyric alone of, I can't get laid in this town without these pointy fucking shoes. I put this song on a mix for my mom at one point oh during my touring career. <laughs> and she's like, Daniel, I liked the mix, but I don't know about some of the language on some of these songs. That's so like, funny. I thought you could handle yeah. it, mom. Uh, but this, this track, album's awesome. Yeah. Say anything is a real boy. It kind of blew our minds when it came out. Mm -hmm. Here's whoa. She took pity on me horizontally, but most likely because of my band. And that's all I can get when I'm lonely. Okay, enough of that. I uh, love that That's song. Such love a that good, record. such a good album. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Play play one more song. We'll we'll each do two from our. Okay, we'll each do two. Uh, then mention. in that yeah. case, I'm going to play something by the Matches because I think that they are sort of underknown. Um, mm. This track, Audio Blood, is so cool. It's kind of like a vampire themed lyric for you know youth center concerts every Friday or Saturday night. People like sweating out the work week. It's called Audio Blood. Yeah, that's cool. I don't I don't know them very much. It's a pretty lo-fi recording. It was their first record yeah. on Epitaph and they had bigger budgets later. We did a co-headline tour with them or, or I think no, they were I think they were main support for a West Coast half of a of a full US tour. Our, our best tour we ever did, which uh, ourselves, which was 2008, and they brought a ton of people, helped sell a lot of tickets, and I just came to really value their music. I love that. Yeah, I don't I'm not I'm not super familiar with them. Very cool. I'm going to read the last six bands on your list. These are your honorable mentions. Deus Vale, the working title, Rookie of the Year, This Providence, the format. Oh, not the format. There must be only five. <laughs> I have them on there twice. Love Drug. Is there one more that I missed? I had I have Mashlin, too, who's another. Or they were label there mates of ours, too. Okay. Um, and I would also include um, All Time Low because, you know, you mentioned them too. But yeah. I was going to say maybe the band that we toured with that became the biggest 
And actually at the time, I think they were the first slot on that tour, right? Like they were even opening, were they even opening for our bands? This Providence, like, were they first? Not not, not this Providence, uh, um, All Time Low. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But wasn't this Providence on the Rocket Summer Tour with us? Were they? Maybe not. I Maybe. Maybe. Uh, okay. Um, all time low. Right. Yeah. I mean, Oh, uh, of all the bands on our, yeah. Like they, I mean, they are huge. I, I think they've sold millions of records. Yeah. I, I have and this they memory of all time low. Yeah. And I have this memory of all time low, you know, this was very early on in their, their, wasn't their guitarist named Jack? Maybe he was where he wear a headband. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think so. But Jack would like sit on stage, like during our set and just like watch us in like this really sweet and kind of like um, just like inspired way. I, I don't know how else to say it. And he would, oh, he would, I think he just really enjoyed our band at the time. And, mm. I, and I remember finding out like later, yeah, man, this band absolutely blew up. Um, but we, we enjoyed getting to know those guys. But like if out of all the bands that I mentioned at, out of um, honorable mention, I'm open to you playing any of them. I was going to maybe say Deus Vale and Working Title. Um, sure. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to hear... I want to hear from this song. Providence, but I, I yeah, wanted to pick do... a different song than yours. I okay. I know you pick want it. to play Wolf in, in Sheep's Clothing, but I kind of like the song Let Down. It's a bit more of a pop song. Okay, uh, it's, so I'm, it's not, from I'm the... not as familiar with this one. Oh, it's from yeah. the next record. Well, let's not do that. Then let's play, let's no, do Wolf in... Dan. Okay. It's just it's a, to you, man. Go it's ahead. just a pop chorus, but I, I like it. I think it's a fun pop chorus. Um, Speaking of Dan, wasn't that their singer's name was Dan, right? Yeah, Dan and I are like yeah. quite close friends actually in our current oh, lives cool. up in Seattle. Uh, love him, love his family, love MJ. Tell him I said hi. That's this Providence. Very, that's so cool. Yeah, I, I, I'm not familiar with that 2008 album, but um, I remember enjoying touring with them. The album before is a little bit more familiar with me, yeah. uh, familiar to me. And yes, they, they were a really cool band. Um, and then I wanted to mention Deus Vale because even though we didn't necessarily tour with them, that's one of the reasons I put them as honorable mention. Our band kind of like fell in love with their band. And every time we played in the Little Rock, Arkansas area, we would request for them to open for us. And I actually remember, I know you mentioned earlier, some of your kind of regretful ego moments uh, here and there. And I had one where I, anytime my band would talk about Deus Vale and how much they love them, I remember getting a little jealous of, mm. of like Wes's, of Wes's voice and yeah, just how, just how, voice. just how good it was so good. But that was the band. I got over it eventually. And that was the, the guy who I almost started a side project with, with yeah. myself. I, I was Dave wondering Tremay if it was going to be Wes. Yeah. yeah. I thought it might be Wes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Wes so anyway, and Andy yeah. and I became friends on that Reliant K tour and have stayed yeah. in touch with both of them to some degree. I definitely saw Wes a couple times, like when I was in Nashville and and yeah. we kept up a friendship for a while. Really sweet dudes, good band. Um, tell really us about band. this track, Light as Air. Yeah, I just remember this 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 album, you know, ended up getting played a lot in our van right around the time it came out, toward the end of this day and age era, I think. And um, I just remember thinking, 
once I finally got over myself, just how really, really good yeah. his his yeah. melodies were, like especially his melodies. So nice. So yeah, let's let's hear it. You know, it's really it's good. not again not a one size fits all kind of a voice, but so no. so beautiful and beautiful. effortless. Yeah, yeah. I I see I see your kind of I see some connections between Copeland, Deus Vale, and the kind of stuff that that you guys were writing toward the end of this mm -hmm. day and age. Um, yeah, it, it's definitely that soup we were in. Like that kind of mute math came out of that soup, right? Yes. And it was like yeah. a, there's a little bit of like a UK kind of grooving drum drum mm -hmm. and bass thing with like delay kind of airy uh roads or delay guitars and you know totally and and that's what when joey joined our band who was the singer became the singer of reign of kindo but when joey joined this day and age and was playing bass he brought a lot of that kind of drum yeah. bass mute math i even remember him mentioning mute math and as we were kind of writing um the bell and the hammer yeah and joey brought a lot of that such a good bass player such a good rhythm kind of mind uh Man, Dan, so cool. this was so fun. So much fun. Jeff, Jeff uh, Martin, thank you. Uh, thank you, man. This is, this is, I can't tell you how, how much fun this is and how much this time has you know, meant to me. And even just yeah. like ma making my memory kind of return to this, to this place. Very special. I know, dude, it's really special. It's, there's something very special about uh, hearing these songs and getting back in that mindset and, and being able to kind of apply lenses that we didn't have then to those experiences. Oh, sure. I mean, it's, I find it like occasionally something really profound will come out of me wanting to like listen to emo songs with my old friends again. <laughs> Definitely. No, there's really something there and you know, maybe one day we'll have to do an episode on the psychology of all this yeah, in our yeah. lives. <laughs> at, at the very least, we'll have that conversation over beers or something next time. We on get our to hang yes, out. Yeah. For sure. For sure. This all was right. so much fun. We, so could, we, fun. Could, we could do this forever, man. Well, and if you if you want more, guys, find the Spotify playlist. The link is in the show notes. And uh, yeah, so much fun. Thanks, dude. Thank you, Dan.